Welcome to Word of Truth. This is Doug Presley. It is 11-9-2022. We're ready to begin our worship service this evening. Let's have prayer. Thank you, Father, for this time we have this evening. We pray for those who uh, are in the, the path of this potential storm that is coming toward Florida. Father, our first thought is to pray for those who are in the storm's path. Hopefully uh, it will be minimal and uh, those uh, loved ones there will survive uh, whatever happens. So we place them in your hands, Father. Also, we pray for Word is Truth Christian Church. Uh, we, we're also asking that as we open your word in Romans this evening, that you will give us wisdom so that we can understand your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Amen. So we, as you know, we're, we're studying in the book of Romans. We're in verse 25 today. So we are hopefully going to dig in. I don't know if we're going to finish it. Looks like there's a lot of notes. Could be uh, that we get through it or, or not. So, But no rush. I don't feel any pressure to push through material that uh, we have thoughts about so that's why we're here to, to discuss and to meditate on these things so let's do that uh, but I'll just remind everyone that the website is out there wordistruth.com take a look uh, look at some of the resources there and uh, see if there's anything that's helpful to you we would love to hear your feedback as well. <clears throat> also, uh, we, we're going to uh, get right into the book of Romans 11.25. And just, just to note, it does look like we're turning a corner here in narrative. So we're, we're going to talk about uh, what the summation of things and how these things work out. That's part of our understanding in this age if we're going to be thrust into an age where <clears throat> it's it was not prophesied it was not known then there needs to be some explanation about how things work how did God pull us off we're going to discuss it a little bit so that we understand uh, where Paul was coming from here so Romans 11.25 says, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. Ignorance is a problem in the time in which we live. The church is the subject of this admonition about arrogance toward Israel. For the church to take this role is important and appropriate for God. Everyone who believes in Christ in this age is ushered by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. This new creation was not on Israel's prophecy radar. It was hidden in God. For the church to be arrogant toward Israel it's clearly a matter of ignorance. That ignorance is gone beyond the first century. As I look at the church, we have much work to do with the broad ignorance of the mystery today. So this is the thought we're going to try to focus our attention on uh, some of this ignorance that is abounding out there in the world today. I feel there is quite a lot of ignorance in this area of how this all works out. Paul is trying to give us the heads up to understand how this works out. I think it's important so that we are properly oriented in this age. So let's dig in. <clears throat> so this first phrase that I want to look at is, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters. Paul understands why the church could develop arrogance 
since they have temporarily taken over Israel's role. And we covered a lot of this because we came from the context where Paul just laid it out there. He says he used this whole, the whole natural branches and, uh, you know, branches from a wild shoot and how they were grafted in and how really <clears throat> the natural branches and the olive tree speak of what God established through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and thus Israel. So that's the olive tree, and the branches are obviously those Jews, Israel. And some of them are broken off because of unbelief. And that unbelief is culminated in their rejection of the Messiah. So we are seeing how after aftermath of all of that, Paul is explaining what happened. And he's telling us, whoa, Israel fell asleep. Hey, not all Israel, because I'm awake. I'm from the, I was an Israelite. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, so individually, is, you know, Jews could be saved. And, and if any Jew turns and believes in Christ, they will be part of the church age. And they will continue to be witnesses in this world. So we, we come through that context. And so he's, Paul is understanding how he turns the attention to the Gentiles and says, look, yeah, this happened to Israel. Don't let it happen to you. What he's really saying is don't fall in the same errors that Israel fell into. Don't take the high road, the, this position that you're somehow now superior to Israel because now you're doing God's work and they're they're blinded yeah that that would be the wrong wrong way to, to manage that so point B worse than that is the ignorance of the mystery which is the church's heritage Ephesians 1 17 through 20 and I just want to read that uh, not that we haven't before but it's just in this context Ephesians 1, 17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So this is about the church. When you think about the fact that he's talking to Gentiles primarily, that this knowledge, this wisdom, this you know, the inheritance, the mystery, all of that uh, pertains to us and the lofty places that God has raised us to. It's all about our destiny. So uh, if the church doesn't understand their position, <clears throat> then they won't understand their purpose. That's, that leads us right to point C, right? If, if the church does not understand their position in Christ, they will be lost as to their purpose and gravitate to Israel for understanding. Now, of course, this kind of strays away from the thought a little bit that Paul developed. Because Paul was trying to tell us, hey, you should not be arrogant. Because obviously you do have the gospel. You Gentiles, that is. And don't, don't be arrogant about fact that you now are in the place where Israel was and, and now you're evangelizing them and so so that was the arrogance right that you could ha have that haughtiness about you're better than Israel but I'm, I'm not only am I understanding that but I'm taking uh, a different understanding as well from this verse because to to be able to understand why we should not be arrogant towards Israel. Paul introduces the mystery. So he says, he doesn't want us to be ignorant about this mystery. 
And so I just explained why or, or what the mystery was that we have now this new inheritance. And this is not some land that uh, Israel had or a piece of the land. It is something completely different. It's a heavenly calling. And uh, like it says, we've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, <clears throat> but worse than that is the fact that, you know, we could be arrogant about, hey, we got the position now to give the gospel. Worse than that is the ignorance of the mystery. If you don't know the mystery, well, it's not a mystery anymore, obviously, but Paul is coining the term mystery so that we would understand that it was not revealed to Israel. It was hidden from them. So, he, so this is what leads us to point C. If you miss and don't understand your position in Christ, uh, you, you will not understand your true purpose. And so what will you do? You will be just somebody who drifts. And ultimately you'll gravitate to Israel because there you have all those Old Testament passages of Scripture that somehow it just seems people end up in Israel. They think that they ought to, those are the scriptures that they ought to listen to, that use for living the Christian way of life, to understand what is their true purpose. They go back to the Old Testament. They go back and it's almost like unbelievable. I've gone to a lot of churches and it was just so clear. You know, they could be talking about grace and salvation. And next thing you know, when they go to teach, they're like, open your Bible to Ezekiel. Open your Bible to Exodus. Open your Bible to Leviticus. I'm like, really? All the information, the, the depth of what God has shown us in this age, and yet it, it is probably 99% of the things they talk about, and I might be exaggerating a little bit, is Israel. All the analogies, metaphors, and yeah, not to say we can't use that information. We certainly can, and Paul is doing it. But I think there's much to learn, just like Jesus says. I got much more to tell you, more than you can now bear. He's telling the disciples this. So much more information is available. It's, you know, but this information is not about Israel. It's about the church. That's what... We've been given the spirit of truth in order to be able to understand things that God has prepared for us. So, listen, church, the church not understanding their position in Christ is way worse than their not, uh, or, or their being arrogant towards Israel because they think they... You know, it's because they have the gospel now that uh, somehow they're the big stuff. You know, no, that's not it at all. They're going to be lost as to their real purpose. And that's, that's worse than anything. Point D. Ignorance of the mystery not only causes the possibility of arrogance. Because right? why do I say that? It just causes the possibility of arrogance against Israel. And that, Paul made that point. That's the point. I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters. Because, you know, the thought here is um, you're not understanding how God has worked this thing out. You're, you're, you're missing of how God put Israel to sleep and he inaugurated the church. He brought the church to life and on the day of Pentecost and how that whole thing worked out. The transition of from one dispensation to another did not go smoothly. Even with all the preparation, there were many who refused to accept the claims that God uh, chose the church. And even though he did testify to it, signs, wonders, and miracles, they still stubbornly said, no, no, no. We are not going to believe that. So this is this is my point indeed. Ignorance of the mystery not only causes the possibility of arrogance against Israel, it, it, it's more. It also causes those in the church 
to not fulfill God's purpose for their lives. So it, it almost assumed, Paul, Paul is saying, hey, this, because they don't understand the mystery, there's, they could have some arrogance about you know, the, the position that God has given them, the calling about you know, ambassadors to the world. But more than that, they're missing what God's purpose for their lives happens to be. They're missing that. And so what's going to be the result is going to be point E. This will be evident at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, of course, I can't say, oh, people are not going to receive rewards. I could say that, I could say that because that's a general statement. But I don't know if any who's going to receive rewards or who's not. But I can tell you this. Uh, those people who don't fulfill God's purpose for their lives will not receive rewards. And God's purpose for your life is to understand this information that has been given to us. It's just like we read at the bottom half of Ephesians 3. Now, uh, God has given us the height, the depth, the width, the length, and our objective, the power, is to grasp this information. If you can't do that, and then that's growing up. So God is not going to be rewarding us. We're going to have the wrong motivation in life if we don't understand who we are in Christ. We, we will not have the proper motivation. Hence, it will be seen at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, so I'm not making judgments. I'm just saying this is what the Bible says. So point F, ignorance of the mystery is still a problem we are dealing with to this day. I will just go to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, just to talk about that a bit. So Ephesians 3, 2 says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. So there you have information about, Paul is saying you should have heard about this information. This information is important for you to know. And it, if you miss it, then you're not going to orient, be able to orient to the time in which you are living. Do you know the time in which you live, right? It's this particular age. We're not just floating along thinking, okay, there's prophecy. Israel's prophecy is being fulfilled. Prophecy clock has stopped. There is no prophecy that in Israel that's continuing to go on right now. It is literally Israel. It is, it is as if time has stopped. And while time has stopped, God is calling out those many sons into glory. And once the church is finished, God will remove the church and Israel will pick up right where they left off. That's how... Uh, the timing of all of this works out. So this ignorance of the mystery is still a problem that we are dealing with to this day. <clears throat> we know if anybody here um, would dispute that fact, then just go out and ask those uh, around you, especially those who are Christians. Ask them, what's up with this mystery? What is going on? And let them talk to you about it. But, you know, I'm almost about ready to talk to people um, in a more direct way. I'm going to say, you know, look, uh, you know, this whole mystery thing that we've been talking about, you know, this hidden information, this who we are in Christ, all this stuff about the mystery, about what God has raised us to and all. Are we wrong to say these things? And if, are, it almost feels like we're being ignored when it comes to this. We talk about such things, and and the, the scriptures talk about them in ways that are just off the chart in terms of uh, the the glory and 
the power that God has raised us to. And, and, and then when you people marginalize those things as though we were just talking about salvation or something. So I, I think this ignorance is robbing the church of the richness that God has invested in it. So God can't be pleased with that because he hid this mystery in himself from angels, from all, all the people in the world. All these things were hidden and ultimately, hold on a sec, hold on. Resuming. So we were, we were just talking about this ignorance, this broad ignorance that's out there regarding the mystery. I mean, it, it is almost like, and this, listen, this is the Christian way of life. This is what we're supposed to come to the knowledge of uh, and, and begin to operate so that we, as believers in this age, have a definite plan about how we live our lives. There is, we're not to go back and look at what, what did Israel do? How did they, what was the word of God to them? We're not under the law, right? All these things we are supposed to assimilate and understand and recognize where we are today. Now, don't believe people are taking those steps. They are almost ignoring this information as though, well, you know, see, uh, salvation is great. I mean, they're, all they're talking about there is salvation. And we're just all big, one big happy family. They're not understanding that God hid this life, this whole calling from all of those people. Why? Because it did not pertain to them. He revealed it to those to whom it belongs. Just like it says in John 17, 20, uh, right? I'm not just talking about them, those disciples, but for those who will believe on me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Right? There's this new relationship, special dynamics. There's new inheritance. All this is going on. And for the most part, is being ignored today. So I I feel in some ways, I mean, Paul is the one that sparks this whole thought because he's saying we could be ignorant of the mystery and therefore we could become conceited, arrogant, thinking, well, we're doing a better job than you, Israel. We're the ones who have the gospel now and we're doing better than you. But that's not even our purpose. We're temporarily managing this for God. And I already made the point that, listen, everyone who believes in Christ in this age, they're not going into Israel. They're going into the church, the calling. And when they get into the church, we're not going to teach them the Mosaic law. If they're Jews, we're going to teach them the new theology that Jesus laid the foundation for in John in those, that last discourse. The new theology, the new age information, never before seen. So, part of that, that was, that was point G, F, but point G is ignorance of dispensational theology is also at the root cause of this. It has been attacked and discredited by many in the church so that this ignorance prevails. Why this ignorance? Because the church has rejected the claims of the mystery. It rejected dispensationalism. Now, why do we got to go to what is this whole dispensation thing? Well, that is, if I were to turn turn you to, uh, hold on, let's see, if he, where we were, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3, 2, Surely you have heard about, and this is the translation from NIV, the administration of God's grace. Um, surely you have, uh, let's see, assuming you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace. Well, King James even says dispensation, but this, this word oikoinomia in the Greek means 
how God is ruling over his household. Now, this administration, Paul calls it a mystery. And he's saying it was hidden. So it's not just the doctrines that we have. It's not just the fact that there's this new creation that, you know, Jews and Gentiles are one body in Christ. It is also a hidden dispensation. If it's a hidden dispensation, that means there's other dispensations. Right? That you have to understand how that all works. A hidden dispensation? Hidden God? Really? And then if you drop down to um, this one, verse 8, to me, though I am very least of all, this is Ephesians 3, 8, to me, though I am, uh, let me go back to NIV where, where here, although I am less, less than the least of the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration, look at this, of the mystery. What's that word? That's the oikonomia. That's the, that's the word dispensation of the mystery. So don't tell me the dispensations are not in the Bible. Don't tell me that, that these things are not, that this is some concoction of man to, to get people, to deceive people and lead them astray. It's right here. I already just pointed out two verses, and there are more. But, but if, if it's right here in your face, and you would deny that it exists, then it's ignorance. It's, it's only going to breed more ignorance. Right? To make plain to everyone. This is Paul's objective, to let everybody know. Because this dispensation is brand new. It was hidden. Right? It's verse 5, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to, us, to God's holy apostles and prophets. This is, this is why they have disregarded not only the time period in which we live has not been revealed. This whole So I don't care if, if the church age goes on for 3,000 years. This 3,000 years is not, was not known previously to, to anybody. It was specific for us. God calling out his many sons in the glory. So, getting back to the thought here. This, this is what causes it. This is point G. Ignorance, ignorance of dispensational theology is also at the root cause of this. Dispensation had a rough start. It has been attacked and discredited by many. And some for some of those attacks, they were warranted. Because some dispensationalists taught that salvation was... Not the same in all ages, but that it was different in the Old Testament for people. They were under the law and they had to follow the law in order to get saved. You know what? If, if people were teaching that, then that means nobody could have got saved in the Old Testament. Because nobody could follow the law to the extent where God would approve them according to his righteousness. It would never have happened. But Abraham is our our example in the Old Testament that he was a Gentile and he was a Jew, right? He was a Hebrew. And in Abraham, his salvation was exactly the same salvation we have today. It's just believe in Christ and you will be saved. You will become righteous. The righteousness of God, you'll be justified. All of that is the same thing that happened to Abraham. It also happened to righteous Abel. The first example of Cain and Abel in the Bible. And Abel trusted in God, brought the sacrifice that God required. And Abraham, Abraham, Abel was justified. So, yes, some dispensationalists came up with this idea that, no, salvation's not the same in every, every age. Uh, and so they kind of uh, caused cause it to muddy up the waters a bit. So, But our understanding of this is that's not the truth. So it doesn't matter what they said. It matters what the Bible teaches, not what people have said. I would say those are attacks from the enemy. Right? And in the church, so that ignorance prevails, right? So it, it's discredited because of some of those things that happened. 
from those early dispensationalists who had a voice, a platform, and tried to tell everybody that dispensations were such. But even when they said that, they still didn't have the information that we've been talking about here in the mystery. They didn't have, they had the broad outline, but oh yeah, there's the church age started at Pentecost and the rapture happens. But they didn't really say what was the purpose of the church age. They didn't really define it. Point H. On top of that, there were distortions on the other side, such as hyper-dispensationalists, clearly making matters worse. So we, we were... We have not only people on one side saying, oh, you know, dispensations and giving it a bad name because they didn't understand that salvation was the same in every age. And, and then you have people on the other side who are saying, yeah, we're dispensationalists, but we are only going to follow the Apostle Paul's writings. The rest of them, Peter, James, John, and all the other disciples who later became apostles, well, it's not about them, right? It's only about the Apostle Paul. Wrong information again. Now people are saying, well, that's obviously wrong, right? It's not even something to entertain. I mean, just look at Galatians. We already saw Jesus preparing the disciples, so how can you say that those disciples were not all in the same uh boat together as far as the mystery and the church is concerned. So in Galatians chapter 2, here's a good example. Uh, Paul says in verse 1, Then after 14 years I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus all, along also. I went in response to the revelation, to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed leaders as I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running or had not been running my race in vain. Notice Paul is checking in with the other disciples, or, or apostles rather. And this is what he's saying. He says, I'm making sure that what I'm doing was in line with what they were doing. Perfect. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. In other words, we, we didn't care about all that we were talking, church age doctrine. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. Well, it's the same message. right? It's not any different. And Peter's his brother. Right? For God, who is at work in Peter as an apostle, to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. So they were working together. They, they were dividing and conquering. You take the circumcised, I'll take the uncircumcised. We'll take the uncircumcised. They, it wasn't like, uh, well... They're not a part of who we are. The Paul is doing this dispensation that's called according to grace. I'm, it, it's, it's just astounding. So these hyper-dispensationalists in point H make matters worse. So you got people on one side ignoring the mystery, for the most part, or distorting it. Then you got people on the other side Oh, say, oh no, you got to understand the mystery, but it, we're special. We don't even have to go by all the rest of the Bible, only the writings of Paul. Right? So it, it really becomes worse when you think about it. So let's keep going. Um, so, so point I is just the scripture. And I want to point this scripture out to you, which says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. God 
uh, of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So notice for a sec. I know we have always used 2 Corinthians 4, 3, and 4 as, well, that's only of the gospel, right? But really, it, well, it is because the gospel is the door that gets us into where we are. But this comes from 2 Corinthians 3, where Paul t talked about this veil that was, you know, whenever the Mosaic Law was read, it was like a veil was over their heart. They could not see, and but if they take the veil away, they will see Christ, right? They, and, and they will be converted. But the thought is, in this verse, it follows that same thinking. It's if our gospel is veiled, meaning they are covering it up intentionally. It is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see what? The light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. <coughs> Excuse me. So those are definite things that relate to our time. And that light that's in us, Paul goes on to say in verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. <clears throat> so this is something going on inside of us that the gospel brings. This, is, this did not happen with Israel. This was, is something unique to our age where Christ, where our body is a temple and Christ actually is in us. And we're not just talking about like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're talking about the glorified Christ. And that's who, as we yield ourselves to the spirit of truth, the reflection of the glory of Christ is what shines through us. Literally, Christ, who is the image of God, is the one who manifests in our body. That's why Paul says, I've been crucified, not I, but it, I'm still alive, but it is Christ in me. That's who's alive. And that is what they are trying to hide. The mystery, that's part of the mystery. What is the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians chapter 1, 25. So that Christ in you, the glory, the glorified Christ in us is a part of the church age. So the gospel being hid is the enemy, Satan, hiding the mystery. He's even done a good job in hiding it from those who are in the church. I don't want to say he really did a good job because God's going to fulfill his purposes for us. All right, so that's important. Let's go a little bit more, and we're going to have to you know, conclude this because we want to leave a little time for some Q&A. But <clears throat> point number two says, so that you may not be conceited. So we'll just deal with this point here, and we'll leave the rest for next week. So conceited here, you see the Greek word, phronimos, intelligent, wise, prudent, mindful of one's interests, and that comes from Thayer. So this word conceited means how people can be intelligent, wise, or prudent. But, but really, that we not be this is to say we don't want to be arrogant. So I just kind of broke that down a little bit in point B. We are not to be ignorant of the mystery in order that we don't become wise in your own minds. Or what does it mean to be wise in your own minds? means to be arrogant, literally. That's how we could say it. And that's exactly what we have, Paul has been saying in the context of Romans 11. He says, well, don't be arrogant against those natural branches. Remember, it, God can certainly restore them to back to the olive tree because they're natural branches. I mean, if they turn and believe, if they don't persist in unbelief, they can be restored. It is not about, you, you know, you returning evil for evil. I say evil because the Jews rejected the Gentiles. They uh, ridiculed them. They, they derided them. They hated them. 
And so now that the Gentiles are in a place, really it's not the Gentiles, it's the church. Now that the church is in a place, and they're primarily Gentiles, they could become arrogant. That's what Paul's saying. No, don't do that. Make sure you understand the mystery so you can understand how God's plan is working here. That's what he's trying to say. So point C, we are admonished against arrogance. And this is Romans 12, 3. <coughs> Sorry. It's what it says. It's what it says. Um, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So there it is, right? The faith God has distributed to each of you is this new information, the way of life that we have, according to the gifts that we now possess. Right? There's, there's what God has given us. That's the measure of faith. It is this new age information. So, so the thought here is don't, be, don't think higher than yourself than you ought to think. But God has placed us in a position, and even though he has raised us to all these heights, now a good example of that is in Ephesians 3. Right? And I've used this before. So go three Ephesians 3 toward the end. I will just pick up the, verse 18, that we may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ to, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. But then we come to verse 4, one, chapter 4.1. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. How do we do that? With all that those heights that you just told us, how do we do it? Verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And there is only one body. There's just one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So notice he shows us how we are to live. Same thing as when you look at Christ. What did he do when he found himself as a man? He humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So that humility is very much a part of who we are, how we handle ourselves. We know God has raised us to heights that far above all principalities and powers and every title that would be named in any age, in any future age, and who we are. We're seated together with the Lord in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We can't. Yeah. There's no, I don't even know how you would say that we're under anything from the scriptures that have been given there. But then how do we handle ourselves while we're here, be completely humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. So these are things that Paul understands and recognizes you know, of how we should deport ourselves in this world and not to make an issue of, uh, you know, oh, look at the height I am, you know, running run, run around beating our chest, you know, that, that would be arrogance thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. We should have sober judgment. We're going to stop at this point, and next week we will finish the rest of this verse. But And the rest of it has some important parts here. Please, we, we need that so we under, understand and, and can orient to the times in which we live. And, and how important is it for you to understand these details of how we got from 
the dispensation of Israel to this hidden dispensation, which was not known. Uh, and again, like I said, this, this ignorance is robbing people from who they are in Christ. It's robbing the church of its richness because people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address it. They just allow Satan to blind the minds, uh, not only of unbelievers, but the church itself is, you know, it's almost like they have conceded to this point and have gone to just talking about uh, the exploits of Israel. So anyway, um, I'm going to stop at this point. I will open the floor to see if there are any questions out there, any thoughts. Um, before we do close, we have some opportunity. The floor is open. Okay, hang on. Listen. Okay, go right. Go right ahead, Bill. So we think of Paul giving the message of the mystery. Now we know he was a herald unto the Gentiles, right? Mm -hmm. He 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 kind of catered to the Gentiles, and some of the other disciples were supposedly catering to the Jews. Um. So when we think about the mystery, even then, in the time that it was written and was distributed. They all didn't believe or understand or practice, would you say? I would say, yeah. I would say that the early church, we should, I would, I would say we should have learned the lessons from the early church of how when they rejected the mystery, we would understand it and put the mystery on the pedestal that it should be. Unfortunately, the early church was divided. It was rough changing from one dispensation to the next. There were people who were stuck in the mud of Israel and they would not budge. In fact, we're going to cover some of that um, next week. Some of that is in the uh, context here. But but you're right. But go right ahead. It sounds like you have more thought. Yeah, so I would say that, you know, even today, we, we get to the point where people, like the mystery, like, what are you talking about? They're, they're so uh, non-knowledgeable of these facts. And it's like a spinoff of what Paul was going through. And he was trying to, to give the message. I, I guess if, if they would have accepted it, more readily and more uh, faithfully, then it wouldn't be such a uh, a, a, a no a nomer today. Well, I wouldn't. I would say um, yes. First of all, they were ignorant of it, but it was I would say willful ignorance in some respects. But just know there's an enemy of God, right? Who is out there distorting and twisting, and that is his job to to hide things so that we don't see and so that we don't have the the emphasis that we ought to in this world. But God is more powerful. And for those who do understand, uh, this is like I said in the opening, I said uh, that ignorance has gone beyond the first century. As I look at the church, we have much work to do the broad ignorance of the mystery today because that's how we ought to look at it. We ought to, we shouldn't say, well, they're just terrible. We should say, you know what that means? We got a lot of work to do. If we understand it, then that means we got, you know, to help. We can, we're, God has given it to us and part of the responsibility we have is to help others in this regard. So, yeah, people can be in the church and ha and be ignorant about what their calling is. And Paul warned, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about the mystery. I don't want people to be ignorant about the mystery either. I'm right with you, Paul. And Paul says it is his objective to make it plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Right. So there's no uh, backing down on his part. His objective was like, oh, well, is ignorance of it? Surely you have heard about it. Let me tell you, 
I'm going to make it plain to everyone how this thing works. And that's what our objective should be. Obviously, we have two fronts that we are working on. We are working on the gospel. But as soon as, if we are successful, and obviously when I say we, I mean God the Holy Spirit, and people come through the door of Christ, they're ushered right into the body of Christ. And there we are to help them understand the calling to which we have received. And so, yeah, it, it was a problem. It was a serious problem. Listen, the Jews did not want the church. Uh, they would not even acknowledge the church at all. They said they are the, the true, those who are elect, not the church. So we're covering some of that next week, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll get to that, those, those finer points here. And uh, hopefully uh, that answers what you were thinking. But let's throw it out there some more. Uh, yes. Yeah, let's throw it out there some more. If you have any follow-ups as well, Bill. Other thoughts? Yeah, I have a, a thought, uh, kind of a question. <laughs> it's found in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, 6. And, you know, I, I really don't quite understand the way uh, it says uh, this mystery is that through the gospel um, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members together of one body shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus so <clears throat> the way I understand it is this mystery which was hidden from Old Testament saints and I was reading this, it seems to indicate the scripture seems to indicate that the Jews are sharers. In other words, they're heirs together. The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. And if it's hidden from Israel, how can they be heirs together with Israel? Yeah, so that's because true. The mystery. Of, yeah, so he's talking. It was certain. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. You finish. You finish. You 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 got the gist of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I I have the answer. I, I understand the answer, but uh, it's just the way this reads. It brings a question. Yeah. So so obviously, is um, Israel? You know, is he's really talking about individual uh, those who are Israelites, but members together with Israel, Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. That never happened. That's not the same. That's why uh, Gentiles and, and Jews together in one body, um, that, it says they're members together of one body. So that's the one body is in Christ. So um, share us together in the promise, notice, in Christ Jesus. So the mystery, first of all, is through the gospel, right? It means you have to come through the door of the gospel. That means everybody that's in the church, if they're in the church, then they're saved. Second, one thing, second thing to know, and that Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. So we have an inheritance with Israel. So the, the only inheritance that we find in the Bible is the inheritance that Israel had. Gentiles didn't have any inheritance. So now we got a new inheritance where it's made up of Jews and Gentiles. That's the, if we look at Christ is building his church, what is the building material? Or we should, we should say, not, we shouldn't say what is the building material. We should say who is the building material. If I were to ask you who is the building material, you would say Jews and Gentiles. That's the building material. So if you go back to Ephesians 2 and you look at verse oh, 14, it says, For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups. See, these two groups. What are these two groups in our, pre in our next verse? Uh, Gentiles and Israel. Right? The two groups, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing, dividing wall of hostility. That's the law. 
by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations. We're not under the law. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity or one new man out of the two, thus making peace. So this, in 3.6, he's referring to uh, that same thing. Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together. Notice, that's the uniqueness. Never did Jews and Gentiles have one body. And that's what Jews, the Jews um, objected to. They said, no, 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 no. It does not work like that. There is, we can't be out from under the Mosaic law. In fact, we're compelling. If you're going to be together with us, and these are believing Jews. We're going to, we were going to cover this next week. These are believing Jews in the first century. They said, we need, if you, they're going to be in the same body as us, we need them to be circumcised. That's what they said in Acts 15.1. We want them to be circumcised. Well, what are they saying? They're saying if the Jews, if the Gentiles are going to be in the same body with us, they got to convert to Judaism. Then in verse 5, they said, and not only that, they got to keep the entire Mosaic law. So what Paul is saying in 3.6, even though it doesn't sound like it, it is unprecedented. Never before seen the things that he's saying there. Jews would understand that more so than maybe the Gentile heritage. I'll pause. I'm putting it on mute. Uh, thank you for the clarification. Uh, you just helped clear it up. Exactly. I think that's exactly how I understood it. But yeah, I think you did. Reading that. But, so. but all of these questions, whatever they are, Listen, we need to put these questions out on the table. We need to dispense with them because we don't need to be wondering about this stuff. We need to be standing on this foundation so that we can help others who are not standing on this foundation. This is... You know... Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, you go. In addition... In addition... Um, you know, uh, you, you stated exactly uh, what is the mystery. Uh, I would say, in my understanding of the mystery, prior to two or three years ago, it has been enhanced, my understanding of the mystery, which goes back, and I include the calling and the sons of God. I include many more things more details about the mystery, not just uh, the baptism of the Spirit, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, in you, the hope of glory, but it's expanded. So I'm talking about, as we go along, uh, to make sure that we have a detailed description of exactly what is the mystery. Right, and I would and, say press forward to get that, right? If you don't have it, make sure you get it because this is your life. This is right, this is not just some information. Right? This is your life. And if you imagine if God has given us this life and then we don't embrace it and we get to the judgment seat of Christ, uh, we'll know. We'll know what God's going to do at that point. He's not going to say, well, you, 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 you're, you're not saved. I'm taking away your salvation, which is foolishness. He, but there won't be any rewards for service, right? Because service means how you live your life, right? That's the idea. That's the objective. And as I said, being ignorant of this mystery not only calls arrogance toward Israel, but it will cause people to drift because they don't know what their true purpose is. They're ignorant of the mystery. They don't know how things work. They don't realize that Israel is getting ready. That is their role, and they're going to take that role back. That's because that's what God has ordained them to be. You're temporarily in this role. And we'll, we'll cover that next week as well. But, but that is the thought. We, we, 
that arrogance cuts both ways. It cuts towards Israel and it also robs us of the spiritual, the richness of the spiritual life that God has given us in Christ. Yeah. Chuck. Yes. I tuned in late, so I did not hear uh, what the mystery is. Can you explain briefly what is the mystery? So the mystery, sure, sure, Dad. Uh, thanks for the question. So the mystery is where God had ordained uh, that before he created all things that he would bring many sons into glory. So what he did was he created all things with a plan in mind. But he didn't reveal that plan to anybody. He hid that plan. He's a special plan. So he did not tell Adam or the woman in the garden. He didn't tell Israel, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, or anybody in Israel. Angels didn't know about it. He hid this information in God. And then, when it was time, and that was Pentecost, well, Christ talked about it. He introduced it. And he talked about when, when the Spirit comes, and he kept pointing toward when the Spirit comes. Well, the Spirit came at Pentecost. That was the beginning of the church age. So understanding how that all worked, how the timing of that happened was important because God now has given us what was hidden. It's not really a mystery anymore. It's the way of life that we have in Christ. We're heavenly people. We're not of this world. There's a lot of other factors. We're new creation in Christ. Well, all of that was hidden in God, but now he revealed it. So instead of the church glorying in this information, much of the church is ignorant of this information and shun it. They say, oh, that's not really what it is at all. That's not what's going on. So instead of them embracing the mystery, they shun it. So that's what we've been trying to say is, no, it is the way of life that we have. That's what God has ordained that we find. We don't, we're not under the Mosaic law. That's not how we, we're not ushered into Israel. We're coming into the church. There's a new body, new entity that God created in Christ. So that's, in a nutshell, we could certainly talk more about it. And you could see verses like in Ephesians 3, uh, the one we quoted, verse 6, or like the one Fred was speaking about. Uh, verse 5, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. And <clears throat> so Paul talks about, uh, to make plain to everyone, verse 9, the administration of this mystery, how it, it God is ruling over his household in this mystery. Well, this time period that was not hidden, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. So even angels didn't know this, but God is using the church to communicate even to angels according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, like I told you when I started, God had a plan before he created the universe. And this was the plan that is now revealed to us that he had then. So hopefully that answers a little bit, but we, we can talk about it more offline. Well, I appreciate the questions. Yeah, I mean, we need it. Like I said, uh, let's, let's make sure we resolve Whatever questions, whatever you're thinking about Israel and well, when is the rapture or is there a rapture or, or what is this dispensation or, or what is the uniqueness of the church? What makes the church different from Israel? So we need to be settled in that understanding so that we can move on to 
well, what does, what are these deep things that God has given us? We need to be focused on, on the deep things of God, chewing on those things, so that, just like salvation, we had to understand the ins and outs of salvation so that we could stand on that platform. And then, as we stand on that, we're able to see more. What do we see? We see the mystery. And God is expecting that we assimilate that information so that we orient to the time in which we now live. So, uh, what, what scripture can you go to and read about the mystery? Oh, yeah, the ones I just showed you in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, verse uh, 11. Yeah, Ephesians 3, 2 to 3, 11. And um, I can text you those scriptures, and then and there's more. But in the immediate context of what we read, that's it does talk about it right there. Yeah. Well, you say God, but uh, how come you don't include Jesus? Well, when I say God, I'm referring to God, God the Father. Right? God the Father is the one who had this plan before time began, before the universe was created. Jesus and the Holy Spirit were there, and but they were part of, they were on board with the plan, and Jesus came to execute the plan, as, as well as God the Holy Spirit. He's here now to teach us what the plan involves, right? what, what, what the truth is regarding this plan. So yes, all of them are, are involved, but the Father is the one who planned this. Christ executed it on the ground, and so is now the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's called the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter. He's here to teach us about this plan. So this is what we should be talking about in this age, right? This, this is our destiny. I mean, there's no... It's not any different from Israel talking about the Mosaic Law. Well, they were under the Mosaic Law. Well, we're under the mystery plan. That's what we're under right now. So they had to orient to the time in which they lived. Well, they were under the Mosaic Law. But we are have to orient to the time in which we live. So if we don't do that, what do people do? They just go back to Israel, think they're under the law or something. So... But no, those are good questions. So we'll have to talk about the rest offline. And um, I see our time has come to an end. But I will, I will follow up with you if, to show you those scriptures so that you can uh, at least understand where we're coming from for sure. But thank you all for... Yeah, text me uh, some of those scriptures. Will do. I'll, in fact, I'll, te I'll, I'll text them to you tonight. So, so stand okay. by. Uh, and we're going to have to close at this point, though, but uh, let's bow our heads as we do. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity we've had this evening to discuss this these important matters. And as we turn the corner in Romans 11 and talk about the summation of uh, the church and what happens next in Israel and how it all works out, we thank you for this information. We need to have this so that we can understand the times in which we live. So we thank you for those who have joined us, and we pray uh, that we, you will continue to challenge us as we learn more about your plan. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.